Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Oh, trust me, I know. I work in tech now, remember? You didn't work for Gojo, Jake. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> I love making that joke. They just got acquired by Waystar for a billion dollars. Yeah, pretty much, right? Yeah, you could cash out now. <laughs> and yeah. then I was just like, I guess I'm never using Photoshop again. There's <laughs> Yo, and just to, while we were on the Photoshop topic, if you know Photoshop, like there's no transitioning to any other. Like I've, I've been trying to like mm-hmm. try out these other what like, subscriptions. There? There's like crap ones, like supposed to be like mm-hmm. really user friendly, but you can't do any like basic image transformations. It doesn't matter a fucking color picker. I'm just like, who mm-hmm. is this designed for? It's clearly mm-hmm. designed for people that aren't actually making designs. Like it's designed <laughs> for people that are making like inspirational Instagram posts or some shit. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for being here to honor my dad's life and work. So when Rhea was planning this thing, she asked me to help out with a tribute of a certain flavor. Just remember, I'm not a professional. No, 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 Oh my boy! Drive your fucking Wally Bird! They laugh in New York and they, they laugh in San Francisco, but they will not be laughing when the mouth of hell opens up and sucks. The whole world is in the power of the evil one, the devil. And the media that he uses to control the world is television. <laughs> that captures our imaginations. I'm your host, Anthony Mays, and I'm joined by Jake Hoy and Eden Liu. This week, we can't sue our gramps, but we can sue Greenpeace. The Succession Episode 5, The Retired Janitors of Idaho. Well, we did it, everybody. We made it to the halfway point. We made it to the shareholder meeting. It has been looming over our heads for at least three years real time. And boy, was it not what we expected, Jake. What the hell happened in this episode? (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting high drama and we got high comedy, right? Practically a slapstick episode. It was a pure farce. It took a right turn from the normal side of comedy that we have with this show. And it was the main course. Completely unexpected. And, And it did feel like right out of the gate, things were off, right? It's with with Logan just being off, putting him in the boot, and then things just completely disintegrating once we got to the meeting. But yeah, I was like, 
wow, this is not at all what I expected to see tonight. Start with Sunrise over the Hudson in our cold open. They're using the music they normally use for Shiv and Tom's wedding and any big event where we have people setting up. They play this kind of upbeat string music. Collins putting on Logan's boot. Fits like a fucking glass slipper. Glass fucking slipper. Helps him up. He's got a cane. We see the ATN ticker saying the president's memory may be suspect. On the way out the door, Logan hesitates. Thinks he might have to piss. Carrie asks if he wants another. Trails off. But Logan presses on into the car. People are picketing the shareholder meeting. PGN is there outside. setting it, They're setting up the chairs, testing microphones, setting out trays of sandwiches, cleaning, checking in name tags. We see another headline that questions grow over president's competence and capability. Sophie calls her dad, Kendall. What's going on, wild honey pie? That's nickname number one, folks. This is a nickname-centric Kendall episode. <laughs> and we've got a rabbit update. Bianca won't let Sophie feed Megathump a piece of her bagel. Bianca tells Kendall that rabbits aren't supposed to eat bagels. <laughs> Those rules are for fuckheads who are going to go to Tampa and leave a rabbit with a big gulp and a dozen cinnamon raisin. And then he doesn't even acknowledge her and just hangs up the phone as Jess hands him a different phone playing a video. Parenting. Kendall mocks Steve, the talking head. It's Waystar's 50th anniversary. Okay, Shadow Chamber. HQ of the hashtag resistance. What up? Rise and grind, baby. It's too close to call. They spent close to $100 million to win the hearts, minds, and votes of investors and shareholders. Frank calls. Ken nickname number two on Golden Pond. On Golden Pond is trepidatious. <laughs> there he is, the panic meister cooking up his sweaty spaghetti. Nickname number three. <laughs> no breakthrough. Logan was willing to go to a vote. Asked for a back channel. Might be nice to let Moscow know what Washington's thinking today so we don't all stumble into Armageddon. Eagle Eerie out. Man, so Kendall has transitioned from buzzwords to nicknames in this episode, Eden. Does it work? But like his nicknames are kind of buzzwordy, right? Whoa, meta, bro. <laughs> He's such a bro douche. He just has no substance, is what it feels like. And I know that it's like hyperbole, purposely presented that way. But I kind of like the nicknames because it falls in with his hyperbolic, over exaggerated persona that they've given him. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of rhyming in this episode, too. Mm. Sweaty spaghetti. Right? It's like everybody's like, <laughs> Tom talks about climbing into the vote boat. What I was wondering about this rabbit is the rabbit kind of like the cat in uh, Lewin Davis. Inside Lewin Davis. Right. Is the rabbit becoming the cat? Don't lose the cat. Is that the screenplay <laughs> screenplay guide? I think it's more of a Chekhov's rabbit and that it'll... <laughs> Chekhov's rabbit. The rabbit megathump will be running Waystar by the end of the season. <laughs> you know, dude, you might oh my be God. right. You might be right. Might be more competent than anyone else. <laughs> Megathump almost deserves to be a nickname of... What the fuck kind of name is Megathump? Because he's a giant thumper. He's a giant thumper. Biggest fucking rabbit you've ever seen. Thumper is like a generic rabbit name, right? Like, isn't that from Peter Rabbit? Well, Thumper is in Bambi. I'm getting my fictional rabbits confused. How dare you, Eden? I thought you prepared for this podcast. That's so disrespectful of me <laughs> towards rabbits. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd like to apologize to Megathump. <laughs> this whole episode takes place at the location of the shareholder meeting, except for one little 
journey to Sandy and Stewie's hotel. Right, which I believe this is the Marriott Hotel in the center of Times Square. Sermon at the Marriott, future callback. Yeah, that would make sense. Logan wants Carrie, his assistant, taking the temperature of the shit munchers. She's going to leave him with these. So that's two allusions to his current situation that I missed the first watch around. She's gesturing to the medicine and trying to get him to take care of himself, but he's got it covered. He's fine. He doesn't need it. Jerry and Carl come back from trying to settle until 5 a.m. the last two nights. They wanted the moon on a stick. Just wake Carl up when his career's over. They want four board seats, full fat for them, corn dogs, and toenails for us. And you know Carl loves food, so doesn't like corn dogs, apparently. <laughs> Sandy wants Logan to sit on a corkscrew and spin. Tom says they're climbing into the vote boat. Roman chimes in that they might as well open it up to the fucking retired janitors of Idaho. <laughs> it's not often that we get a title being a line from the episode, but I like that they went with this one of all... <laughs> Of all the lines that we've got ahead of us. Yeah, it was a good one. It also happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. Did not hold back. So I guess we should have known right then we were being took taken on a big right turn. Maya from the proxy solicitor team says it's hard to see them winning with a clear margin. Shiv thinks they're going to lose the company. Tom is pissed at this advice from the proxy solicitor team. You know, if I were to give Greg $5 million, he'd go, ooh, it looks bad. Connor arrives. Roman is thrilled because he's so essential. Tells him they're going to look for jobs in the same branch of Target. Connor wants to talk to Logan. Shiv, a.k.a. Madam Secretary, discourages him, but he'll have to make time. Unless he wants me to take a big black light to our semen-stained family scrapbook. Logan comes in. Roman calls him the big beast. Shiv asks if he knows where they're at. Logan pauses, stares right at her, dripping with disdain, says, "Uh uh-huh. (laughs) You are so right. Dripping with disdain. He's the worst. Vicious. Someone's always got to be the whipping boy. Shiv is the new Jerry. It happened so fast. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it did. Turns to Carl and Jerry who proposed filibustering and then asks about the raisin. The headlines are working. Logan wants a statement or a rumor of a statement. Anything that looks like a win. Kendall welcomes Stewie to the real annual meeting, bro. Shouldn't you be on a rainbow soapbox somewhere screaming, time's up? Stewie's not even (laughs) pretending to be friendly anymore. It's like it gives him the half hug (laughs) because he kind of has no choice. Also, he accurately realizes how much of a preachy joke Kendall is being in public and the media and all that. Cuts right through it. First line. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. Save it for Vanity Fair, bro. I'm good. (laughs) I'm all good. That was a great line. That was a great line. Kendall needs family control. He's all about change. Tell Stewie he is his ally. They don't want to vote either, but Stewie says they just walk. They'd be leaving $50 million on the table, which after all these numbers they've thrown out, I guess, doesn't seem like much. Logan, the psychopathic narcissist, will go to a vote and thinks he can win with his beefy Logan voodoo. Who's to say he can't? Tells Stewie to make a deal. Cut to Jerry getting a phone call from Stewie. Quick turnaround. He wants to meet. Logan's suspicious. What do they know that we don't? Logan won't tap dance. Sends his emissaries in his stead. Frank wants Jerry on stage, but Logan nails him to the cross. Let Sandy do the soft shoe. He's wriggling. Let's uh screw them out. Kendall calls Shiv. Daughter Sandy can get her obdurate father to settle. Puppet master out. Nickname number four. Nicknaming himself. Which is, as we know, the cardinal (laughs) rule of of nicknames nicknames is that you can't give yourself a nickname. Oh, Uh, so true. 
Roman wonders if Sandy really has syphilis, sores all over his body, his groin's all eaten away, and the top half of his body just falls off. Jerry wonders if they started that rumor, and they did. <laughs> Last season, Rhea told Nan Pierce Sandy had syphilis in episode five, and then Tom called it the MySpace of STDs in episode six. Carl just thinks it's dementia. We finally see Sandy. He's slumped over in a wheelchair, and they made the old men seem extra old this episode, Jake. Yeah. Decrepit, dying, disappearing. Sandy, this is a permanent state, but as we'll find out, the Logan state is temporary. <laughs> Conveniently temporary. Was Sandy always like this? It's been so long. Just this season. Okay. The syphilis thing started as a joke. Yeah. And then now he's actually really sick. Does he have syphilis? Maybe he does. We don't know. Okay, but he's only sick for this season. The last time we saw him, he was upright walking around, I believe, Argestes, the okay. conference. All right. I was just not sure. Only Stewie was in Greece, right? Right. It was just Stewie by himself. Stewie says if they make a deal, no takeover, and they can have chairman CEO roles. Hope Davis is functioning as mumble translator. Sandy is like when South Park used to mock Rod Stewart. Hey, Rod, great to see you. Oh. Uh, the folks are sure glad you're playing. It's really given them a lot of faith in me again. I'm sure that together we can make this Millennium Party the best New Year's bash ever. Poop pants. What? Poop pants. Poop pants? Poop pants. You pooped your pants? Poop my pants. Oh. Wheel them around and have them mumble incoherently. <laughs> Sandy wants to veto any Roy family member from taking over its CEO. There's an $85 billion baby on the table. So I'm just going to come out right out and say it. Is Sandy a meat puppet? Such a funny line. Also, they announced how much the company is worth here, which we just talked about last episode. Yes, finally. Oh, I just do what my dad tells me. Like you guys. Stewie mockingly points out how little time they have. What did you make of the line when Stewie says, what the fuck? So something happened that we didn't quite see, right? So he said, I'm just telling them they've got a lot of time to one of the two Sandys. And then he says, what the fuck? Is he talking about the sudden veto request? Or is he talking about why are you criticizing my joke? There was something like that kind of got missed in that moment. Did you catch that? Is he talking to the Sandys? He seems to be talking to the Sandys. Yeah. I think he's just saying, what the fuck? It's rude of them to get up and walk out. Oh, that's your take, huh? He can't understand the Sandy mumblings. Only daughter Sandy can. Right. By putting her ear directly next to her father's mouth. Right, right, oh my God, right. It's She's the Sandy whisperer. So, oh, literally. So I don't think it's anything with them. I think it's mostly just Kendall told them that they were going to close the deal and they're walking away. Yeah, I guess because that veto request just popped out at that moment. So I was wondering if Stewie seems eager to get this settled, right? And done. Well, they asked Stewie, what the hell is this? And he says, it's what the old man says. Right. He had no choice in the moment. He can't control what weird thing is going to come out of Rod Stewart Sandy. And we'll kind of learn more about his position in the next few minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jerry and Carl don't see what's so bad about no future Roy CEO. Yeah. <laughs> Which hurts Roman's feelings. Coffee. And Shiv is just pissed off. Jerry calls Logan. Shiv and Roman wonder if they're getting fucked. 
They reject the veto. Sandy needs a minute, and it would be a shame to destroy all this hard work. And daughter Sandy specifically says it'd be a shame if the Roys destroyed all this hard work. Logan is caning around. Colin offers him a water. He's denied. Connor pounces. Asks for a significant role to burnish his reputation. Logan says he was never interested, but maybe Connor was just never encouraged. Logan doesn't do ancient history, and Connor doesn't have the track record. Roman's a knucklehead. Shiv's a fake. Kenny's screwy. Why can't I get a shot? He's got a good argument there, right? Definitely. His <laughs> resume is no less terrible. Look, Dad, all your kids are trash. I'm just one of the trash kids. Let me get an opportunity to be trash, too, on the payroll. He wants European cable. Logan barely acknowledges him and asks about the bathroom, but Connor takes that as a yes. <laughs> the closest bathroom's out of order, so he has to go down the hall. Yeah, it's funny how deferential he is to his pop, right? He doesn't come to his pop with any of this threat stuff that he does to Shiv. Yeah. It's all about power dynamics, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about who you think you can control so he can scare Shiv by saying, I'm going to run my mouth. He knows his place with his dad. His dad would call his bluff hard. Yes, big time. Logan has something in the chamber for Connor as well, just like he does for Kendall. I'm sure that <laughs> if he tried to get into a airing of grievances, Logan has his own share. Jerry tries to apologize to a very salty Roman. About what? Trying to fuck me over to consolidate your position? Shiv's on the phone telling Logan, I think I, we, did it. And then she rubs it in Jerry's face. He's my dad, so I called him. Yo, that was such like a sassy Shiv moment. Ken is feeling it. Those good vibrations. Let's get this done and trip the light fantastic. Greg shows up. He attempts to flirt with Comfrey, who's just there doing her job. There he is, McGregor. Big day, big dog. Nickname number five. Greg thinks Ken is upset about the joint defense and tries to apologize. Ken gets it, which is a relief, but Ken may have to burn him. I hate Ken. Gave him a pal's fair warning. Oh, I like this move, actually. <laughs> and it doesn't sound great to Greg. Lisa says DOJ is non-committal about the case. Need to throw him some red meat, like Tom, Bill, and some Greg sprinkles in an attempt to get someone to flip on Logan. Greg is confused. Kendall said he'd never burn him. Tries to bring up the plane... And Kendall cuts him off. A lot of shit gets said. Alluding to the scene that we never saw where Greg and Kendall took the plane back from Europe before the infamous press conference where Ken closed the deal. Just how bad will the burning be? Well, they don't send bottom feeders to prison. They'll probably just fuck you and chuck you to get to the red meat. Uh-huh. Great. Or you can drop from the joint defense, Greg. So there it is, Jake. That's what it's really about, right? Trying to threaten Greg into flip-flopping. Squeeze them. Absolutely. Oh, I'm not pissed about that, but if you undid it, maybe I wouldn't send you to jail. <laughs> this is the thing about Kendall's character that I'm not sure where he gets this like weird coldness from. The way he's able to deliver that with zero emotion. His dad. <laughs> yeah, but like he's also so we know he like lets stuff get to him. He's so dissociated from feelings, like real feelings. He he internalizes pain and grief. Yeah. But the way he relates to his kids, the way he relates to Greg, who's the closest thing he has to a friend right now. Yeah, even though I feel like he he knows that he technically has more power than Greg. He does, and he doesn't really... Greg has still always been his person closest to like 
a buddy to him. I guess, but he doesn't really have friends in the traditional sense. That's what I mean. He doesn't even have people close to him. Even his children aren't close to him. Right. They're being raised by Bianca and hanging out with Megathump. This relationship, he's only nurturing because he needs Greg to do what he wants him to do. Right. He needs kind of someone who can bounce around, move in and out of his family on his behalf and, and operate for him. But, I mean, shit, he offered him a watch and then didn't pick up the tab. Right. He's not treating him very well. <laughs> yeah. If he had bought him the watch, maybe Greg doesn't sign the paper. You know, it's all a domino. Exactly. Yeah. Chain reaction here. Chicken or the egg? Chicken or the Greg? Ooh! Fly flaps its wings. <laughs> Greg goes straight to a meeting with Pew and an extremely disappointed Ewan. Oh my God. Don't try to sweet talk me, kiddo. Nevertheless, I have tried as much as I am able to show you love and compassion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you kidding? You're, you're the best darn grandpa out. Um, and I wanted, therefore, to ask you... You asked me for help, and I took that request seriously. And now I hear that you've dispensed with Roger's services, presumably to throw your lot in with my brother and his gang of crapulous shills, without even so much as a telephone call. Right. I was actually wondering if I shouldn't maybe take another turn around the block with old Mr. Pugh here. I have known Roger Pugh for 55 years. You don't take him for a fucking ride anywhere. He's a friend of mine. I, I mean, I... I, I... Okay, I, I guess the other route is to see if there's any way that you might see your way clear to providing a little financial support to help me retain my neutrality amongst... Roger. I'm helping your grandfather transfer the entirety of his estate to charitable endeavors. What's, what, what? I'm giving all my money to Greenpeace, Greg. Um, what, even my part? That was the first part. Why, what, why is that the first part? I mean, how, how do you, how can you tell? I mean, Because, why? because, Greg, your life is not a bagatelle because you are putting yourself in the service of a monstrous endeavor because because you need to take yourself seriously kid you and gives him the business here yes he does oh boy scene was so good Gramps has known Pew longer than Waystar has been a company. 55 years. And Greg didn't even call him when he dumped him. <laughs> yeah. And this is where you got to go. Okay, Greg, you got to have start having some sense at some point because you know your grandfather. You know what kind of attitude he has about Waystar. You went to the meeting. How did he not think this was going to happen? And then he has the nerve to ask for another handout, which is just, come on, man. He really fucked this up. We gave him number one boy status last week. Yanked that away immediately. Tiny, tiny run at the top for Greg. <laughs> and his jump to Team Logan has the other two people that were his allies flipping on him. Kendall's going to burn him. Gramps is cutting him off. And giving all of his money to Greenpeace. Yeah. Is running the park in Buffalo going to be worth it? 
It's not going to be enough. Those weekends back in the city aren't going to get it done. <laughs> Hugo is coaching Frank on what to say for his epic filibuster. He pops out on stage and the teleprompter is queued up for Jerry. <laughs> Poor Frank. Conquering heroes return. Roman brags about how feeble Sandy is. Logan isn't pleased. They could have said yes in Greece. It's good for them. Bad for us. Shiv does not understand. They were always going to settle. Something screwy is going on. Starts getting aggressive. Should they tell everyone they bent the knee? Wants to ban them from the building. Shiv and Jerry try to settle them down. We fuck this deal and there are no more deals. Then Logan starts looking extra nuts. Calls for pills. Then asks Colin what he thinks. (laughs) Colin in a very Greg-like moment says, could be good. Greg-like is very accurate here. I love that that's an adjective. What's the first time you've ever been asked your opinion? How do you sound? You sound Greg-like. <laughs> Kendall makes fun of Frank, who still has to play Mater D at the Bistro of Bullshit. That's a nickname number six. Bianca calls again. The rabbit is sick. And in my favorite moment of the entire episode. Oh my God, episode, so good. Jess's reaction in the background to hearing about <laughs> the rabbit yeah. is like watching a car crash in slow motion that you're forced to be a part of because it's your job. (laughs) You just can't get out of it. You have to hear about the fucking rabbit. How much bagel did you give her? Yeah, Kendall. It's the amount of bagel that did it. Call her doctor. If he can do people, he can do rabbits. He's such an idiot. There's something wrong with his brain. I'm sorry. Not feeling Kendall this episode. He's just not even paying attention. That's like the whole thing. Like, I know his character is designed to be over the top, but it's almost too over the top for me at this point. He has all these people in his life who give him advice and he just makes impulsive, erratic decisions and does whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. Greg creeps up on Jerry and she just says no. And Roman shoes him away. (laughs) (laughs) Greg's trying to get one second and he's shut down. It's Sandy on the phone. Which one? The one who can talk. (laughs) They want to take away the private jets. They're elitist and out of touch. Let's just eat it. You can tell them to fuck off later. Roman says, first they came for the jets and I said nothing. Just referencing Martin Niemöller speaking about Adolf Hitler. First they came for the socialists and I did not speak out. Logan is silent. He needs to piss. He points at Tom. You. Does he want to make a decision before he takes a piss? Logan walks away. Frank's about to introduce Carl. Carl, vamp! Carl heads to the stage, huddles with Frank on stage, and passes the vamp baton to him. Real dick move from Carl to Frank here. How good is Frank in this episode, though? What does vamp mean? Is that slang? I don't know. Fill time. Okay. Fill time. Do a dance. Entertain. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Wing it. Not suck blood, (laughs) which is the other possible explanation of what vamping would be but frank absolutely kills it gets up there uh a little further ado in fact much ado much ado about (laughs) something such a good line they had frank nailed this episode he he was tremendous how long do you think he was talking two hours okay i'm gonna say about an hour. That is so difficult. There's no way he talked for two hours. There's zero percent chance anyone can fill for two hours. I'm sorry. I don't know. My man, Frank, he's a rambling man. <laughs> don't forget, though, you see later on that they've got videos prepared. So there could be other things that are occupying their uh, attention. They bring out the 
spinning plate lady for 15 minutes. Yeah, they could do that. Logan peed. They can't wait. Huddled around him for answers. Fuck him. Fuck him. Jerry and Shiver in disbelief. Logan asks Colin for pills again. Roman is such a sycophant. Calls him a fucking badass. So Roman of him. Shiv questions the no. We do come through. It is one for the memoirs. I mean, it really is quite thrilling, says Tom, (laughs) who's already written half of his memoirs before he went to prison. (laughs) Roman keeps saying, dad knows what he's doing. Jerry questions the thinking. Everyone acknowledges it's a risk. Tom shares that he got a call on the way to the restroom. Maybe he knows something. He always knows something. It's fucking dad. He's six moves ahead. Fuck him. I'll make the fuck him call. Shiv tells Sandy she just does what her dad tells her. Full circle. Scribbles a note, calls for Greg. Did you say, did you say Greg? (laughs) Greg takes the note, hustles to Frank. A woman drops the note on Frank's podium just as he's talking about special memories on their cruises. Yes. So if you're sitting in the audience after Carl has come out for a fake handoff and then you got the note coming out, (laughs) (laughs) how checked out are you on this shareholder meeting? That was something they didn't really play with very much, right? Is, is what the shareholder reaction was, how it was playing in the seats. I was curious. Yeah. They kept this very small. This was a very small contained episode. COVID, man. COVID. This was a COVID episode. And the one thing that you do get is just a lot of silence from the crowd. <laughs> there are probably like six extras. <laughs> how else are they supposed to like respond, you know, to Frank saying nothing for hours logan stammers about the raisin he wants Ravenhead on the air tell michelle ann to get the sec to shut this meeting down he needs to pee again points to tom where is he greg asks if they're going to the bathroom what fucking business is it of yours that was so funny the way he was like it's it's just right over there oh I, i've been to the bathroom yeah. yeah it's just i've checked it out have a nice trip yeah Ken tells Stewie their thinking is fucked. That's where the petty plane bullshit came from. We are a complicated coalition, and Sandy's the angriest fucking vegetable. <laughs> Kendall's going to salvage it before the fucking belligerent zucchini closes negotiation. Puppet master's on it. Self-nickname once again. Logan screams in the bathroom. Tom goes in the stall. Wonder if he got his dick caught in the zipper. Like there's something about Mary. Give me a hand. You don't need me to hold the scepter, do you? <laughs> Shivering Logan calls him son. Thanks, Pop. <laughs> Papa. The way he said Papa. He's been waiting for this moment for a long time, Eden. <laughs> he sure has. He sure has. <laughs> and he nearly did it with Logan's dick out in the bathroom. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So good. Michelle Ann calls Carl. Logan's not answering. Tom tells Shiv that Logan is totally out of it. Then Logan calls Shiv Marsha. This has happened before, too. I'm taking you all the way back to season one, episode three. Oh, all the way back, dude, in the bed. When Logan was sick. Oh, In yeah. the bed. He said, I love you. Holy shit. Grabbed her hand. And then he slowly dragged Shiv's hand down to his dick. Oh. Wants to rethink his speech, so I need time. Thank you, Marsha. <laughs> Brian Cox basically on painkillers was the funniest shit. Like every line weeding was the opposite of what Logan would actually do. It was so good. Shiv calls Carrie. We learn he has a UTI. Would get confused if he doesn't take his meds. She comes running, has shots, and she's calling the doctor. Roman downplays the UTI. Connor disagrees though. What? At his age, that can make you crazy. Reagan had one and nearly nuked Belgium. 
They questioned his mental faculties when he said no to the deal. And after teetering on the edge, we have plunged into full farce. It's like the 1982 play Noise is Off, where all the action is taking place backstage. It just gets more and more ridiculous as we go along here. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, somebody has to call a doctor. Can we just give him some cranberry juice and ask him about the deal again? Just asking for Caroline. Oh, fuck. He's piss mad. No, but, you know, he was he was in really good shape when he offered me European cable. When did he say that? Because he was definitely out of it when he said that. No, he was cogent at that I point. I can guarantee you he wasn't. It sounds like he's been out of it for a while. Okay, you know, we don't actually know that, okay? What about the phone call he took? Maybe the decision he made is the right decision. We actually oh. don't know when he went piss mad. We that, don't know. No, that could have been anything. That could have been robocall or fucking yeah. urologist. No, no, no. I suspect that he's been piss mad for quite a while. Oh, oh do you? The fucking Hercule Poirot of fucking piss over here. Jeff, do you, should you overrule him? Go back to Sandy and Stewie and say we've changed our mind. Yeah, I think you should totally do that. Dad loves well, that kind of behavior. Yeah, yeah, do no, it, do it. Overrule him. can't do that. Um, guys, he, he says he still needs to make his speech. Uh, what, what do you think? Can he do the speech? Can, can, can he do he? the speech? The demented fucking piss-mad king of England? He, he could say anything. He could tell everyone his Barbara Streisand. No, I think we have to, we have to drop it, right? Okay. But at the very least, he should be on stage. It would be great to get the body up there. Okay, we push it as late as we can, and maybe if we just get him on stage, that'll be enough? Oh, yeah, sure, maybe. Send him up through a trapdoor surrounded by dry eyes. Um, Where's this doctor, anyway? He's, he's concerned there is a dead cat under his chair. Oh, great. They have Colin take out the quote-unquote dead cat, which is a paper bag. Carrie says Logan didn't want anyone to know. Kendall shows up wondering what's going on. We got Logan yelling incoherently in the background. As Colin runs off with the bag, Ken says, what is that? That is an imaginary cat. Now, could you please fuck off? <laughs> Kendall steps up on his rainbow-colored soapbox. Listen to me very carefully. Okay. All of you. This is you throwing it away. You think they're bluffing? They are not fucking bluffing. And you're putting everything I have fought and bled for on the fucking edge, and I am not going to let that happen. Mm -hmm. Do you understand me? Yes. You're not welcome here. You fix it. You fucking fix you it. You may go. You're not you welcome. are excused. You have no right to be Thank here. you very Please much leave. for your concern. Please. Thank you. Go. Delusional. Fucking delusional man. And figure out right a fucking now. doctor, or I'm calling yeah, mine. Fuck Thank out you. Of Thank here. you so much for your concern. Like, you give a fuck. You probably slipped him something, Putin. Fuck! I love Shiv and Roman rapidly dismissing his ramblings and concerts. Carrie's giving Logan a shot. Frank is still up there filibustering. Logan thinks Kendall is Frank. Why is Frank so angry? Is Frank upset? <laughs> no, some people were nasty to Frank. It's fine now, though. Who was nasty to him? I'm the only one who's allowed to be nasty. <laughs> there were some silly people and they're gone now. Logan is so out of his gourd that he actually sounds concerned for fake Frank. <laughs> Jerry is heading to the stage where Frank is still going on about leading the company to a brighter future. He gets another note. Jerry's telling him to stretch. And Frank, desperately gasping for air, passes the podium to Jerry, makes crazy eyes on his way off stage. And she whispers, you cowardly prick. Teleprompter says, time is tight, so I'll keep this brief. And instead, she launches into the many changes she's seen in her 30 years at Waystar. Doctor has finally seen Logan. He's on fluids and hydrating, but he's not a cup of instant noodles. Shiv wants to speed it up. Can we get a blood bag or an adrenaline shot? Roman wonders what's next, a Tabasco suppository? Main thing is to look after him. Obviously, I agree, Roman. Oh, yeah, really? Because it sounds like you want to jumpstart our father like he's a fucking pickup truck. <laughs> you call me when he's less scary. Jerry's on stage spitting out buzzwords, refers to Roman as their visionary COO, which makes Roman pause and feel good about himself for a minute. After their little lover's quarrel earlier in the episode, this is a positive step. 
Greg is on the phone in the background with who I really hope is Leah, the legal <laughs> student from a couple episodes ago. Yes. Yes. Shouts to Leah. Do you think it's possible to sue a person, a grandparent, for example, in a way which is like, like in an affectionate way that might convey like, I love you and I'm glad you're part of my life, but I am taking legal action against you? I love the naivete of him thinking that he's going to sue his grandfather over cutting him out of the will the legal system has to back me up on this right like that that's what the law is for is protecting <laughs> the grandchildren of the world <laughs> from getting their inheritance Seriously, carolina doesn't think jerry is swinging any votes hugo proposes calling in a bomb threat should they wheel logan on stage we're not going to make the piss mad bear dance with fucking cattle prods is that it do they fucking give up maya urges them to settle and Shiv overrides Roman, Logan's urethra had rested control of his brain. Asks everyone to back her up. Go fuck it up, moron. And Shiv calls Sandy the daughter. Jerry is wrapping up her speech. This is the power of Waystar. A bright new beginning, but the journey remains the same. What? <laughs> exactly. Palpable silence in the air. <laughs> and they roll a video. Carolina says, this is it. This is the last thing they got. They can't stall much longer. Carrie lets them know that the president is on the phone, wants an urgent conversation. On that phone, now, says Carl. <laughs> Roman wonders if they can say no. How do they feel about saying no to the president right now? Oh, I would love to say no to the president, Connor chimes in. <laughs> this is so funny. Oh, my God. Hugo starts thinking about how to spin it, but Connor is ready to talk. Tom wants Shiv back, then sees Jerry and tries to grab her. Jerry, hey, Jerry, we need someone, Jerry, we need someone sensible to talk to the, uh, president right now I can urgently do it. on an urgent personal matter roman you've met him what, right what, what, met well, him. If, if it's between sorry roman and jerry i would definitely i'll talk to him the little bitch here um should we hurry because i i think it's kind of urgent i mean i can do it but roman you get on with them right i mean if anyone here is bootleg logan roman Okay, give me. Just explain it's out of respect and you Hi, can take yeah, the I'm message. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I mean, okay. you know, just this the guy, Tony Torex, are you kidding? Are you sure? Don't swear at him. Oh, really? It's not cool to tell the president to blow me? Hey, Mr. President, this, sorry. Yeah, no, it's, oh, crosstalk, you go. Yeah, no, this is uh, actually, I'm his son, Roman. Yep, that one. Look, he can't talk right now, but, uh, how you doing? Shiv accepts Sandy's counter. Can eat the Jets. No context. Clearest way forward. Shiv lies and says it's what her dad wants. Sandy wonders if there will be one more thing. And Shiv tries to shortcut that. Make a deal woman to woman, daughter to daughter. Don't think it's right how your dad sidelines you, you know? You should have a seat on the board. How about I get a seat on the board too? And then women have seats on the board. I can sell it. Can you sell it? Very team women moment. Also a fucking shysty, shysty moment for Shiv here. Yeah. This was a dicey move on her part. I kind of like it. If the stakes are as high as they really are, if it could all disappear after one day and she's risking it to try to get herself a tiny step forward, real huevos, Eden. She's got balls. <laughs> and you say you kind of like it. I think the thing that's... A real catch-22 in this show is that things that you would do that your dad 
won't like in the moment are actually the things that would make him respect you in the big picture. Yeah. I just also think it's such an interesting move for the position she's in right now, given how Logan totally like snubbed her earlier in the episode and she's like clearly in the doghouse with him. She's also overriding what he said and like trying to use the excuse of UTI as a cover for that. Yeah. But that's why like I'm kind of like here for this roller coaster of a shiv ride because i mean i've said since episode one like i feel like something's going down with shiv i think going down is the operative phrase here though oh yeah because she's been collapsing past couple of episodes and this kind of risky move it's gonna get worse for her yeah absolutely it's gonna get worse (laughs) oh boy why are you improvising (laughs) but she improvised with everyone else's backing Mm. of course they'll never admit that when logan is cogent again the fourth seat was pretty roundly rejected by everybody though that's the improvisation i'm talking about it was a sticking point before and then when they went to see them in person oh that's right they had already taken it back they said no fourth seat right right so shiv is offering this on her own just to try to end it right now there's too much back and forth and too many decision makers i understand the situation shiv is in she feels like she needs to take action whether that's the right action or not we'll we'll find out eventually but i can understand and i can respect that sense of urgency for her wanting to get this deal done Mm. she's also the only person doing shit and also she's trying to manipulate daughter sandy oh for sure relied on their common ground as rich dudes daughters that just do what their dad wants president tells roman he's not running again (laughs) jerry's distraught they need the access roman tries to convince the president to change his mind (laughs) <laughs> the media blew his minor neurological issue way out of proportion. Doesn't want to put his family through all the blah, 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 and fuck Logan and fuck Roman and good luck getting the kind of access he granted to whoever is the next president. Everyone is dismayed except for Connor. Boom shakalaka. Hell you! <laughs> they can puppet master the whole American Republic project. And I think that's a tease for next episode, which is an interesting detour that we're going to take. But Shiv calls Tom with the terms of the deal. Reticence on the fourth seat. But they agree and cancel the vote. It's done. Carl offers to talk to the shareholders. This fucking guy <laughs> shoves Frank under the bus earlier, but happy to get out there and announce the good news. Frank, you've done enough. You take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. Carl's ready. Frank is still dripping sweat. He's ready now. <laughs> he can vamp on this. Tom goes to surprise Shiv at the elevators. <laughs> Fucking superhero! <laughs> the world's on fire. Thank you. Mm. Thanks, honey. Hey, you want to get a hotel room tonight? Hotel? Yeah. I think there's uh, <laughs> rooms in the apartment we've never fully walked into. I think there's just something about the way you smell and the way your body looks at the time of the month. You know, I'm like a dog. D- what time? I think I think I'm just most horny when you're most fertile. You know that's how it works, right? Is this Tom? Why you asked me when my period? No, are you tracking? No, we're like a sorority house. We're in sync. I'm just I'm just I'm just vibing to your sexy window. Uh, Tom, are you keeping a shadow log, watching the phases of the moon to see when I'm most breedable? No, I just I like counted the days on my iCal. It's not creepy. Oh my god! It's not creepy. No, it's not. Come on, I've got like. Six more ovulation windows until all sex is prison sex. I said I didn't like the timing. Well, I think the timing's good. Like, nine to twelve months is kind of what I'm hoping I might serve. I think it's a good slot. 
What, put one in for when you're out? No, no, it's, it would keep you... What? Like, not company, but... I might need something, Shiv. Okay, otherwise, what is the point of all this? Where are we heading? Mom, I don't want to be your fucking incubator for when you're in prison doing chin-ups and, and reading Nauskart. You're making it sound horrible, and it's not horrible. It's nice. Oh it's supposed God. to be nice. Fuck. So Tom has been keeping a calendar of Shiv's ovulation cycle because he's trying to sneak in a baby before he goes to prison. Is there any way to see Tom's side of this, Eden? I think so. I mean, I realize that their relationship is far from a traditional one. But even though Tom's presentation is a little like comical and clownish, he's clearly worried about actually going to prison. This is an actual possibility for him. And Shiv is not being a very empathetic wife and basically only seeing the business value of any of his actions. And I think I can understand where he's coming from because he, he clearly has some affection for her, whether that's reciprocated at all. I mean, I think it's reciprocated maybe a percent or something. He's trying. He's trying his best to like make this marriage a marriage, even if he knows that it's not. I think he's doing this kind of reverse trap baby move. Yeah, totally. You know, like if you're dating like a professional athlete <laughs> and you try to have the baby to lock it down, that's what Tom's trying to do. Yeah. He says it would keep you not company, but <laughs> occupied, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. It would be something that reminds you of me while I'm gone. Cause he's probably deeply insecure that she's just going to, Cheat on him, move on from him, do whatever while if he goes away to jail for a long time. Mm-hmm. Agree. It's like going to war. He's got every reason to believe that. But once again, kind of like the tale of Nero and Sporus, this is Tom's fucked up version of romance. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. He's trying in his Tom way. We're like a sorority house. We're in sync. I'm just vibing in your sexy window. <laughs> it's such a non-traditional relationship that... Kind of anything goes, right? If someone's trying, at least. At least that's how I see it. I wish I could wear those rose-colored glasses like you, Eden. Trying to see Tom's side of this. Trying. Kendall is roaming the gullet of the building, desperate for attention. He should be out there. He's hiding. Makes it look like he's losing. Keeps steamrolling Barry, who wants him to stay put. Your very absence has a certain power. I think my absence makes me look like a little bitch. The video goes from Jerry to Carolina to Shiv saying, At Waystar, we've always cared about women. (laughs) Great PR, guys. Great PR. We get it. (laughs) Carl walks out to interrupt. Reports the settlement has been breached. Finally, some applause in the room. Logan wanted to be there, but he's a details guy. Kendall starts creeping on stage. Oh, fuck me. Fucking stop him. Step on his balls. Don't we have a guy? (laughs) Kendall tells Carl he'll take it from here. They can't manhandle him. It'll look bad. And Kendall asks everyone for a moment of silence for the victims of the crimes that took place on their watch. And then he starts saying women's names. (laughs) (laughs) Let's have a moment of silence and then I'm going to talk. I think that might be the most douchey thing he's ever done. The way he lurks out onto the stage. I find it 
it hard to believe that he's not flagged by security. Greg chimes in. He's so annoying. <laughs> Narcissism on this fucking guy. Carolina thinks him looking crazy could be good for them. They cut his mic, but he keeps going. Tom says he's not even wearing a tie. <laughs> Kendall is launching a foundation for Waystar's victims of sexual abuse. Now, this is one of the few times, by the way, we do get an audience reaction. First, they show the crowd clapping for Carl's news. And then there's a moment when he starts reciting the names that they cut to the crowd and the people are just like, oh, God. <laughs> There's nobody in this crowd that has any interest in this subject whatsoever. Now we get a little montage of them tidying up, putting everything away. Logan has recovered a bit, wanted to chop Kendall down. Might have seemed suspicious, kind of like shredding a human document. Jerry with another zinger. Four seats, raisin gone, potentially more aggressive DOJ. Not looking good. Connor's bragging about European cable to Hugo and Sid. Boom! Open sesame. Can you believe it? It is hard to believe, says Sid. Greg tells Tom he can't sue Ewan while he's still alive, but he can sue Greenpeace. I like your style, Greg. What do you think you're going to go after next? Save the children? (laughs) (laughs) Filibuster Frank clinks the glass. Heard more than enough out of him, but well done to all, especially Shiv on her Hail Mary. Shiv congratulates Logan. He wants to see all the detail, though. She says the seat was the only way. That's what people on the shitty end of the deal always say. She tries to sell the board seat she made for herself, says, or Connor or someone else could take it. And Logan looks right through her, dude. That was funny. Yeah. X-ray vision. He was just like bullshit. Asked what he would have done. Not that. He'd have figured it out. Leans in towards Jerry. Time for the next moves. Shiv wants to savor the moment. There's blood in the water. The sharks are coming. We should hustle on acquisition. She puts a champagne flute in his face. He knocks it away and spills it. Shiv, I'm trying to talk to Jerry about something important. Stop buzzing in my fucking ear! Well, someone is feeling better. (laughs) Uh, Here's to us. Oh, how the tides have turned. Just a mere three episodes ago, he was walking right by a Jerry handshake for Shiv. Now he's yelling at Shiv. Talking business with Jerry. Shiv got shivved. Totally. That sucks for her so bad. Tom goes to console her. Shiv recoils, but he's not going to hump her. It's just a hug. <laughs> Robin asks Logan if she's being a bitch. Oh. Sneaking right in. Oh, man. Oh, we rip it on Shiv now? I'm in. Barry and Comfrey tell Kendall responses are kind of positive. Good he mentioned the foundation. Someone called it the Sermon on the Marriott. That's great. In a good way? (laughs) That'll catch on. (laughs) Carrie tells Ken that Logan wants a word. What's he got? The brass knuckles or the bullwhip? Am I grounded, Carrie? Kendall's waiting in some storage room. Jess comes and tells him Logan already left. Kendall calls Logan. Logan hands the phone to Carrie and wants the number blocked permanently. Another little power move here at the end. Logan still having Kendall at his beck and call, waiting to have a meeting with him. Tarmac revenge. Weird, petty little games. Why is he so pissed at Kendall right now? This is a win for Kendall, right? The outcome of this and not for Logan? Yeah, because this is what Kendall wanted. I mean, it's a win for both, but it's hard now to see what Kendall's angle is other than the plan that he told Greg about earlier in the episode. 
Yeah, I was a little confused too, if I'm being honest. Nothing good seems to be coming of his back channeling with Stewie and Sandy other than to help out Logan. Yeah, and he would say help out the company, but right. we've been saying since episode one and two, what he wants is impossible. He wants to keep the company strong, but then also take it away from his dad. Right. What you're saying is the next move has to be attack the company <laughs> to get it out of Logan's hands. Yeah. Did they get the veto power? They did not get the veto so they didn't have to acquiesce to the veto power, but they had to give up the jets and the and the extra seat. I really don't understand why Kendall wanted them to make a deal instead of letting it go to a vote. If it had gone to a vote and they lost, he'd be completely out. Right. He doesn't have any standing with Sandy and Stewie. Only he can fuck the company. No one else can. Right. But how does he remain in? He has no gig officially, or does he? I don't think that they've been able to fire him yet. But it's hard to see a way for him to get through this. I mean, he just gets dunked on hard this episode. It seems like from both directions, because that was the funniest thing, right? He's trying to back channel the deal. But the the caveat they put out there is, we want veto power over you mm-hmm. giving the CEO position to any one of your family members. So right away you're going, okay, so... They're not really in sync with Kendall. In fact, they're doing everything they can to say, if we do reach a settlement, you got to stomp on Kendall. In the behind the scenes featurette they did, one of the things they acknowledged was that this should have been worked out weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's coming up to the absolute deadline Mm -hmm. is a symptom of their corporate incompetence. um, Yes. Oh, dude. That was extremely, extremely emphasized with Sandy being a mumbling zucchini and Logan turning into nerfed Logan thanks to a UTI. Mm -hmm. And it's just all these people milling about, fumbling about, unsure of what to say or do or who should answer the phone or who should talk to who. Mm -hmm. Shiv is the only person who makes any sort of assertive move here. Mm -hmm. And of course, she manages to turn it into something that's beneficial for her. But this was a farce. It was a fucking farce. In this scene or, or this whole episode, which is essentially one long scene, it felt like Actually, everybody sucks. Everyone. At their job, right? Everybody is terrible, including Logan. Yeah, he was really, really bad this episode. It reminded me of an episode of The Office in the sense that everybody is usually looking to Michael Scott to make some sort of decision, and the dude could not be more clueless. Mm -hmm. But then something happens where it kind of falls into place and works out. And that's what happened here. One of the funnier lines to me was <laughs> Kendall when he bursts into the room. You know, you're going to fuck everything up that I've been working yeah. for. It's like, nobody's on your team, dude. <laughs> no one in this room is on your team. It's like going into the wrong <laughs> locker room at halftime. It's just so strange. I mean, this is an episode where... I'm going, where is all this going this season? It was entertaining, funny, obviously well-written and incredibly well-acted as always. But where is this going? It felt a bit like 
the first season when Logan was sick, right? And everybody was casting about Kendall was was trying to pull off his moves then too well Kendall was Shiv right which is what's so interesting about that moment when he sees her at that journalism dinner and he says it's you now mm-hmm. you're the on deck shot caller but the fact that they incapacitated Logan last week with the sun mm-hmm. and then four days later incapacitated him with the UTI Maybe he had the UTI four days ago. Well, wait. So you're you're saying this was four days? I was trying to remember. Last episode, they said shareholder meeting in four days. Okay, Aww. good. Because what's interesting is it felt like a lot more time had passed. Mm-hmm. The president's dropping out four days later. That's it. Four days of pressure. Smoked him out with Ravenhead in the bunker. <laughs> There were a lot of narrative conveniences, it felt like, this episode. I don't know about the UTI thing. I haven't looked into that. It was funny because I had just seen an episode of an old survivor where an old guy eats too much food on one of the rewards, and he blocks up his whole system, and he can't pee, and he had to to be removed from the game. But he went like a day and a night. You know what I mean? And he wasn't raving mad, mm-hmm. but he was in pain. He was buckled over. That's the age thing, though, that they were saying. No, no, this guy was old, too. Yeah, no, he was like the oldest player ever to play Survivor. I thought you were talking about like some like no, no. 40-year-old that's like really in shape for Survivor. Dude, it was <laughs> okay. so weird because I'm like, oh, this is the strangest thing to run into twice in one week. <laughs> yeah. You know, after we had that big bang of an episode and the third episode. I'm very curious to see where we're going with five episodes left and how much lower they can sink these characters. Because at the outset, right, the first episode, we were like, nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody's fumbling about. And it's continued to play out that way with Logan blowing things last week on the road trip. Mm -hmm. Kendall continuously fumbling everything, making the wrong decisions, acting impulsively, as you said, then now it's expanding out. And yet they won. They won. But something they've been doing really well this season is things that look like a win have consequences. Mm, That's what I was about to say. Was it really a win? Yes. Logan squeezed the president last episode. We said it was a win. Right. He gets the phone call. The raisin's angry. Seems like that's a step towards what they want, which is to squeeze him and have him take the pressure off. What actually happens? President says, fuck off. I'm out of here. (laughs) I'm not running for president. I'm not your boy anymore. You lose all your access. Yeah. You got to start over. And that backfired massively. Jerry was so like, oh, fuck. That's not that's not what we want. Oh, it's bad news. Absolutely bad news. That said. Retaining the company is a big win, though. But that didn't happen because of the presidential squeeze. Oh, right. Yes. Another example would be Greg. We thought it was a win. He's turning it into a a perky job that he wants. Mm -hmm. Immediate consequences. His grandfather disowns him for what seems like the seventh time. And now Ken is squeezing him. So Right. But Greg's on much more unstable ground than Logan is. Well, his stakes are lower. Logan has the $85 million baby. Yeah. <laughs> he retained it. I'm just going by those 
parameters, right? So you're absolutely right. I mean, that is the big shoe now. And I didn't watch the previews and it sounds like you did because you, you mentioned it. I never do. Yeah, I try not to. Yeah, I just try to skip them because just to me, it's not, I'd rather not know. But they do tend to subvert the wins consistently. But I'm still feeling like Logan came out on top in a big way. And it was interesting, too, the way that we were introduced to this concept in this episode that Sandy and Stewie's financing was wobbling so that they weren't quite the power players that we had been led to believe. There was that one line from Kendall. They just didn't want to walk away with nothing. That's all. Right. Yeah. Everybody didn't want to deal with the risk of possibly coming up empty. But they are a venture capital firm. They're corporate raiders. And as Stewie said, they just move on to the next gutting one way or another. I'm in episode five of season three, and I'm not necessarily feeling the way I was feeling in episode five of season two, I guess is what I'm getting at. I'm less certain that this is going to be a great season of succession at this moment. How are you feeling? I thought this episode was a tonal shift. (laughs) I thought it was drastically different than just about anything else they've ever done. Yeah. But what we said last week was they're going to come out victorious from this shareholder meeting. If they don't, the show's over. (laughs) So (laughs) there wasn't any suspense in that front. And I think they subverted a lot of the suspense and tension of that by just making it ridiculous. Yeah. I am not that on board with them continuing to go to the Logan is spontaneously sick for one episode. Well, yeah, Yeah. it's a little washed. That was a gimmick. Just kill him off already. Or don't. It's one or the other. That's a great way to phrase it. The gimmicky nature of the narrative device was overplayed. It was a little frustrating, even though it's satisfying to watch these people act out these parts. Uh, There's no question, but I can't just hang around for the act. That's fair. You know how like in Billions, they're always throwing off these well-written lines, like million pop culture references. It's like, if you can't put story in it, I can't stick around for that. I want to see an uptick in the next episode. I want to be going somewhere. I feel like the next episode is going to be a digression from the pace that we've been on. Mm -hmm. This shareholder meeting was... A season and a half coming. We've been talking about this for a long, long time. The end of the season is definitely going to be something with the Department of Justice Mm. and possibly going back to the Senate or another deposition or them in court or something like that. I don't think it'll necessarily get resolved. No. Because they like to carry things over. Yeah. So will they create a new sub-arc in the next five episodes, that's compelling. I'm sure they will. But my real concern, how do we get Stewie back in the show now that they're apparently bought out of the company? I guess he still has a board seat, but yeah, he's barely in it as is. I know. And the main reason that he's showing up is just to talk shit about the shareholder meeting, which is done. His parting line to us may have been the belligerent zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> which is a damn shame. It's a damn, damn shame. Oh, Stewie. Do we give the win to Stewie? Well, let's get into <laughs> it. Let's do who is our number one boy first. Who won the episode? You're my number one boy. We got the hero, Filibuster Frank, up there chewing the clock. 
We got Kendall, I guess, puppet mastering his way to victory. We got Logan, I guess, keeping his $85 billion baby. You just threw out Stewie. Who had the biggest win here? Is it daughter Sandy for getting a board seat thrown at her for no reason? Is it Shiv for making moves? Oh, Shiv gets beat down so hard, it's hard to give her the win, right? Yeah. What does she get for the win? I want to give it to Shiv, but also I can't just because of just like how badly her dad treated her at the end of the episode, even though she's the one that saved that shit. Is it Connor for getting European cable? And- oh, we, don't, we don't know that he got it. <laughs> <laughs> Unconfirmed. Yeah, totally. Taking out his presidential candidate rival? <laughs> That's true. His rival did get taken out. This was a big win episode for Connor. I think I got to go Frank, man. Do you know how much skill that takes? Filibuster Frank! To fill for that long. Frank the motherfucking tank. That is impressive. Nail you to the cross, Frank. (laughs) He's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Frank. (laughs) And he even got some love. He even got some love from Logan in his delirium. (laughs) He does the most with the least given to him in this episode. There's just that one shot of him on the couch, wiped out, <laughs> just absolutely gassed. <laughs> Frank got a lot of screen time this episode. Yeah, I'm with it. Filibuster Frank, our champion. I think it's a good idea. He was fun to watch. Logan really is leaving victorious, though. He's, he's departing Times Square as a real victor in this episode. Yeah, for now. For now. And who shit the bed? Ha! Ah! Ah! So as you can see... The mystery of who pooped the bed has been solved. Is it last week's champion, Greg? It's Greg. It's just Greg, period. It's Greg, I'm sorry. He's trying to sue Greenpeace. <laughs> Look, his grandfather gave Greenpeace his inheritance first, okay? He put aside that part first. First. That part is getting transferred first, mm. which doesn't even seem possible, but it happened because that's <laughs> how full of disdain Grandpa is right now. Yeah, right, I know. <laughs> Greg was like, how do you know? But Kendall really looked horrific at the end of this episode. He nearly killed the rabbit. That's true. I forgot about Megathump. Let's be real. Megathump is the loser here. Thump was the loser. He may have killed the rabbit, actually. We don't know. They made him look so ridiculous at the end. He couldn't have chosen a worse forum for that. Because the thing is, that stuff, as they rightfully note, Throughout the show, it only plays on Twitter. Yep. It's clearly not an area of interest for the shareholders. So he he just couldn't have picked a worse form or moment to try to do what he was doing. And so to me, I feel like Kendall really shit the bed this episode. I mean, he thinks he's dealing for himself, but he's really only doing what Logan needed him to do to get what he needs. If you drop back to last episode, you see how he's been manipulated into working for the best interest of the company. He had the sense when he got the original call at the beginning of last episode to say, I need to talk to my people, which he didn't, right? And he went ahead, he joined the meeting, they blew it out there. He was no better than Logan, out there. And then this week he's doing the same thing. And he seems to think that he's doing it to help himself. He's killing it. Which I suppose, like we said, it's better if Logan is there than not, because then he's got nothing to even rail against. But what was this deal he had with Stewie? 
I mean, that remains a mystery. Welcome to the real shareholders meeting. What What is the real shareholders meeting? What is that? Yeah, it's so hard to distinguish a Kendall loss from his overall insanity. <laughs> You're right about that, dude. I know. I know. And I also wonder if his PR people are lying to him about the speech. Oh, I think that definitely they're parsing definitely. tweets and that a lot of people called him a fucking idiot because that's what he looked like. Absolutely. I see you there. I just think Greg, Greg, the highs of last episode are all gone. He's getting literally fucked from both ends. Like he was afraid he was going to. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he, he has to make another move here and it can't be suing Greenpeace because that is not going to work. Greg. But it's like his own fault for playing both sides though. I think I hate to do that to my guy, Greg, but like he gregged the situation you know it's so weird that he would do that <laughs> oh my god wow no way that was perfect <laughs> he did cast aside his mentor tom he hasn't been gaming things out properly he's sporus without nero <laughs> well that's gonna do it for us this week on queued up for eden lou jake hoy i'm anthony mays see you next week i gotta go take out this dead cat what there was a dead cat under the chair. You have cats. Don't make that joke, okay? You were worried that my cat was actually dead. Yeah, or just casually say that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Maze. You should have said, I got to get this rabbit to the vet. There we go. 